Hello, thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. Good morning, everybody. When we reach that city of the new Jerusalem, where we gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and by. How the ransom singers will together lift their hand. Where well, we gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and oh, 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 oh what joy when we get home. Rest beneath that cloudless dome. In that land, we're in that land where saints will never die. Where we're gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and by. In that mighty chorus, voices will so sweetly blend. Where we're gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and by. Gone will be our sadness, pleasures, there will never end. Where we gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and, and oh, 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 what joy when we get home, rest beneath that cloudless dome in that land, in that land where saints will never die. Where we gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and by. Well, victory and love will be our everlasting theme. Where we gonna sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah by and by. We praising our Redeemer there beside the crystal stream. Where we gonna sing hallelujah? Sing hallelujah by and oh, 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 oh what joy when we get home. Beneath that cloudless dome, and in that land, in that land where saints will never die, where we're gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and oh, 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 what joy! How many y'all believe it? Get home, rest beneath that cloudless dome, and in that land, in that land where saints will never die, where we're gonna sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah by and by. Amen. Sounding good out there. Golden cram, after which we have our scripture reading and prayer. Watch ye there, well, you know not the day when the Lord shall call your soul away. You lay for try. 
striving for the right. Don't you know that you shall wear a golden crown? Well, I shall wear a crown. Come on, y'all. And I shall wear a crown. When the trumpet sounds, when the trumpet sounds, I shall wear a crown, and I shall wear a crown. Don't you know that I shall wear a golden crown? Be not like those foolish virgins then, for he is coming, and you know not when. Keep your lamps all trimmed and burning bright. Don't you know that you shall wear a golden crown well I shall wear a crown and I shall wear a crown when the trumpet sounds when the trumpet sounds I shall wear a crown I shall wear a crown Don't you know that I shall wear a golden crown If it lasts, you'll hold out to the end Jesus is a everlasting friend you stay with it in the church don't you know that you shall wear a golden crown well I shall wear a crown and I shall wear a crown when the trumpet sounds, when the trumpet sounds, I shall wear a crown, and I shall wear a crown. Don't you know that I shall wear a golden I have this morning's scripture reading will be found at Matthew 6, 33. Again, that is Matthew 6, 33. And it reads, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. May the Lord have the blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, First, we want to thank you so much for your darling son that came down and shed his life on that cross, Heavenly Father, when we were yet sinners. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to wake up and see another day, Heavenly Father. This day wasn't promised to us, Heavenly Father, but through your grace and your love for us, Heavenly Father, you let us to see another day, another day to get ourselves right before the everlasting end. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for providing us with the food and the shelters that we have now. Thank you for providing us for the transportation to get us to and for, Heavenly Father. Thank you for allowing our families to be in good health. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be able to have jobs to provide food for our families. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the things that you give to us, Heavenly Father, that we want. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the things that you do that sometimes we don't deserve, but you still allowed us to have it, Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being able to see us through the hard times, Heavenly yes, Father. Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, those times come where we know there's no way out. But when we look to you, Heavenly Father, we know that you give us the path that we need to take. And lift us up, Heavenly Father, and making us strong to be able to carry on, Heavenly Father, like your son did, Heavenly Father. 
Heavenly Father, we ask for prayers for those that are sick and shut in. Those that's under the doctor's care. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you give the tear caregivers and the doctors the right regulation and the knowledge that they need to be able to heal those, especially those in the household of faith. Dear Heavenly Father, continue to bless Avenue G, Heavenly Father. Have us to be a strong congregation, Amen. Heavenly Father. Amen. Let the community and the world know that, Heavenly Father, we serve you, Heavenly Father, yes. and continue to strive that's to so go right. on, Heavenly Father, that we could bring so those right. that's in the darkness into the light. Right. Heavenly Father, let our, our way of living, Heavenly Father, show yes. them that you are in us, Heavenly yes. Father, and to continue to help those that are down, those that are lonely, those that are struggling. Heavenly Father, let us comfort them in your word, Heavenly Father, and continue to stride, Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive us of our shortcomings. Heavenly Father, there's going to come a time that we're going to fall, Heavenly Father. But through you, Heavenly Father, we could get back up, Heavenly Father, and knock the dust off, Heavenly Father, and continue to go on. Protect us, Heavenly Father, when Satan appears against us, Heavenly Father. Let us look to your word and the things that we learned, Heavenly Father, that we could combat against him, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. As I end this prayer, we just ask to Heavenly Father that you be with each and every one of Amen. us, Heavenly Father. Those that can hear our voice, continue to believe. Bless them, Heavenly Father. Continue to help them, Heavenly Father. And let us learn from the lesson that we're going to have, Heavenly Father, that we can add it to our fabric of life, Heavenly Father, that we can do the things that's pleasing and acceptable to you, Heavenly Father, till that day come, that we see you up high, Heavenly Father, that you can say to us, well done, faithful servant. We ask all these blessings in your beloved Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm giving me a buffet of sermons this morning. I got. of sermons in today. I took off from, from preaching. I'm going to get some preaching today. But I had to give me a song in there too. Uh, we're going to sing I Love to Praise Him. Do you love to praise Him? You sure? Alright. I love to praise Him. I love and I love to praise Him. I love to praise His name. And I love to praise Him. That I love to praise His holy name, and I love to praise Him. And I love to praise Him. And I love to praise Him. Well, you know that I love to. Praise his holy name, cause he's my rock, he's my rock, my rock, my sword, I know he's a William, he's a will in the middle, and I know he'll never, no, no, never let me, said he's just a Jew, yes, a Jew, and that I have found. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I love, and I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah, I love, I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah, I love, but you know that I love to praise his holy name, cause he's my rock, he's my rock, my rock. I know he's a will, y'all. He's a will in the middle. I I know him never. I know him never. Said he's just a Julius, a Jew that I have found. I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I love. Well, I'm singing hallelujah. 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 I love to praise his name. I'm singing hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love to praise his 
Well, you know that I love. You know that I love. When it's early in the morning. When it's late at night. I know my Jesus. He's going to make it all right. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I know my Jesus. He's going to make it all right. I love to praise his name. Do you love to praise his name? Do you love to praise his name? I love to praise his name. Praise his holy name. Cause he's my rock. He's my rock, my rock, my soul. praise him right now don't set your affections for the things that are above because you ain't gonna love to praise him when we get to glory land amen because i'm told that we're gonna be able to walk around heaven all day we're gonna be able to feast on some milk and honey we're gonna be able to talk with the father about any and everything there's that's there's no waking up to to go to an eight to five or a nine to five job, we just that we ain't gonna know what to do in heaven. Ain't gonna be no night, ain't gonna be no nothing but sun shining forevermore. It's gonna be the perfect weather, the perfect everything in glory land. Amen. I love to praise the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to uh, this new series, and uh, as always, I would like to express my gratitude. Uh, for the for the for the leadership for Brother Stevens, uh, our minister, uh, for entrusting me to stand before you to present a word from the Almighty. Uh, I, my desire uh, each and every time I, I step into this pulpit is to preach uh, what I believe to be true from God's divine word, and and so that we may all be encouraged by it, so that we may all learn from it. And I preach to myself uh, first and foremost. Uh, so the things that I say unto you, I have said them to myself. I have prayed about those things, and I have done my best to implement those things uh, within my daily walk. Uh, amen. So I can't come up here and preach to you something that I haven't learned myself. Amen. 
Uh, and it's a blessing to be able to uh, do studies such as these uh, because I do get a chance to learn something uh, new from God's Word as always. Amen. Uh, again, this series is titled, uh, The Bible Doesn't Say That. The Bible uh, Doesn't Say That. And, and there are some erroneous beliefs about God and, and Christianity, and then they have snuck their way even into our uh, church culture. Uh, and 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 the the the, the phrases or uh, these quotes or, or or things that may have maybe some things that you may have heard before, uh, and perhaps some things you may have even at once or probably still now may even believe. Uh, so what we want to do, we want to uh, shed some light on those things, uh, and we're going to take a look at God's divine word and compare those things. Uh, to, to God's divine words. Uh, amen. Uh, so I'll start. Uh, first, I want to ask you guys uh, a couple of questions. Uh, you can just simply raise your hand on these questions if you want. If not, you don't have to. Uh, but first, I want to, to ask how many of, believe, how many of you believe uh, that if you help yourself, that God will uh, also help you just by show hand? Amen. All right. So, so. Uh, raise your hand if you believe that it's true, that, uh, do, that if you believe that God's divine word teaches that if you help yourself, uh, God will help you also. All right. Um, and how many of you don't know if the Bible teaches this? Raise your hand. All right. And how many of you have even heard this before? God helps those that help themselves. Amen. Well, this is where we will start in our first series, uh, The Bible Does Not Say That. The Bible does not in any way advocate. The Bible does not imply. The Bible does not in any way teach that God helps those who help themselves. And it's quiet. <laughs> All right, and I thank God that it doesn't. I thank God that it doesn't because this self-help revelation, what is telling me that I don't need the divine intervention of the almighty God. It's telling me that I need to depend on my own two legs, my own two feet, my own two hands and my small calibrated mind to figure out how to solve my problem. But there was a proverb writer, and this proverb writer told me in Proverbs chapter 3 on this next slide. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. Somebody read that until the comma. The Bible says what? Trust in the Lord with the all your heart. The proverb writer told me to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because if I am trusting him, I am saying that I believe him. For what I know he can do for me. What else does it say? And lean not on your own lean understanding. Lean not on my own understanding because I'm going to find myself in situations to where I won't be able to understand how it happened, why it happened, when it happened, what went wrong and how it went wrong. But here's what I need to do. The Bible tells me in verse number six, I need to do what? In all your ways. In all my ways. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. I need to say, you are my God. And I know that it's by your grace that I am still here. It's because of you, dear God, that I can function and move about. But he says what? And he shall when direct your paths. He will direct my path. Because I won't always have the answers. We won't always have the answers. So we need the mighty guidance of our God Almighty. Yes. Yeah, it sounds good. God helps those who help themselves. It sounds so good, doesn't it? Just only if the theory held biblical truth behind it. God helps those who help themselves. And sometimes when, when, when phrases like this sound so good, it's got to be true, right? It's got to be true. Experience has told us it got to be true. Right. So so what I want to do, we want to get an understanding of the, the origin of this phrase, its meaning and its context. And then again, 
Uh, we're going to look at this ideal and we're going to compare it to uh, what the Bible says. Go to the next slide for me. Uh, there's a story uh, from this guy uh, back in, in, in the first century sometime. His name was Aesop uh, Fables. Uh, this guy, he was a Greek mythology writer. Uh, he, he wrote a lot of stories and, and, and told some stories as well. Uh, this story right here, uh, he told, is about a wagoner. He was once driving a heavy load uh, among, along a very muddy way. At last, he came to a part of the road where the wheels sank halfway into the mire. And the more the horses pulled, the deeper sank the wheels. So the wagoner threw down his whip and, and he knelt down and he prayed to Hercules the strong. This is what he said. He said, oh, Hercules, help me in this hour of distress. But Hercules appeared to him and he said, man, don't sprawl there. Get up, put your shoulder to the wheel. The gods help them that help themselves. This is where the origin of this phrase comes from. And there have been credit given to a man we know as Benjamin Franklin. He wrote this in what he calls in a poor man's almanac, and, and there's a, another guy who credit is given to. He wrote it a long time ago in, in something that he was writing. I forget his name at the moment, uh, but he also uttered the words, uh, God helped him who helped themselves. But most of the credit is given to Benjamin Franklin to, to have been uh, made it more modern uh, for us to believe. So here's what he's saying. He's saying here, I'm not going to do it for you. You need to get down there and push that wheel out for yourself. And, 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 and we're living in a society where, where culture idolizes self-sufficiency, right? We live in a self-first society. Look out for number one, my needs before anyone else's needs. Therefore, this statement, to me, holds so many falseness. And, and, and to me, it puts itself in direct opposition to God's divine word. Because when I find myself stuck in the mud, when I find myself sinking deeper and deeper into a hole, when I find myself wrapped up in the darkness of this life, I know that I can call on my God and I know that he will hear me and I know that he will help me. I believe it was the psalmist who uttered the words, the Lord is my refuge and my strength. He is a very present Help. And later he said, be still and know that I am God. Amen. And since we know we have a very present help, why do we feel like we need to get in the way? Why do we feel like we need to try to fix our own stuff? Why do we get in the way? Because when we get in the way, every time we get in the way to try to fix our own mess, we mess it up sometimes even worse. Right? We get in the way because the world we live in is a fast-paced world, right? It tells us that we need things and we need them now, right? It tells us we need to get things on our terms. It tells us why wait, grab a Snickers, right? It tells us it's my money, I need it now, right? And all the while, while you're trying to tell yourself that you're just trying to live life the best way, you know how, yet there are still some things that you worry about. Because bills aren't going to stop coming. Kids need to be fed. And the single parent life has definitely called somebody to utter the words, I got to do what I got to do. All right, You may be your mother or your father's only able relative that can help take care of them. You may be on a job that you hate with a passion. You may be in a relationship that is toxic, but you feel the need to fill a void. Let me tell you something. God is more than able. God is more than able. And as we refute the ideal that God helps those who help themselves, I'd like to invite your attention to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to begin at verse Number 25, and I shall not be long. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25. And as we look at this text, uh, I want you to think about 
uh, two words. And we'll get to them after this, the reading of this text. God's word says what? Therefore I say to you. Therefore I say to you. Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your What life. you will eat or what you will drink. Uh-huh, read. Know about your body, mm-hmm. what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Uh-huh, read. Look at the birds of the air. Uh-huh. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. My Lord. Are you not of more value than they? Uh-huh, read. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Nobody. So why do you worry about clothing? Uh-huh. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Read. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? Okay. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink mm-hmm. or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need all these things. Mm-hmm. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, uh-huh. and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. As we look at this text, I want you to think about these two words. And they appear on the next screen. These two words, priorities and selflessness. Priorities and selflessness. And, and I want you to think about these questions, two questions. First question, what do you consider to be the highest priority and why is that priority important? And then what is God's plan for my selflessness? All right, y'all think about that as we uh, dissect this text for a second. What do you consider to be the highest priority? Think about it. What is your highest priority and why is that priority important? What is God's plan? For my selflessness. Here in this text. Jesus is in the middle of his sermon. As he went up on the mountain in chapter 5. In the latter verses of chapter 4. Jesus revealed to us. uh, It is revealed to us. That multitudes followed Jesus from Galilee. The capitalist Jerusalem. Judea and beyond the Jordan. Jesus begins his sermon. With what we know as the Beatitudes. He then moves on, and for this diverse group of people, he decides there are some things that I need to clear up with you, all right? He uses what is known as, I'm calling it a negative positive, right? At least five times, Jesus uttered the words, you have heard that it was said, negative, and he follows up each time. He says, but I say to you, the positive, five times he uttered the words, you have heard it was said, then he said, but I say to you. Then in chapter 6, Jesus issues out direct commands. He says, don't do this. Then he lays down the conjunction, but do this. If you follow me, verse number 1 in chapter 6, the Bible says, do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. All right, even in verse number 2, he says, do not sound the trumpet, right? Uh, um, But don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Right. He says, don't be like the hypocrites trying to stand out in the public to pray. But when you pray, go into a secret place. Jesus says, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. Then he goes in what we know as the model prayer. He says, but a simple gesture as our father in heaven. Right. Then he flips it for a second and he takes a a positive for a negative. He says, Forgive men their trespasses, but if you don't, my father will not be forgiven of you. Then as he turns it back around, he says, don't be like the hypocrites when they fast. They try to disfigure their faces. But when you fast, wash your face. All right. He says, don't lay your treasure on this earth, but lay them in heaven. Then he comes to our text. He says, don't worry about your life but seek first the kingdom of God did you hear that but seek first the kingdom of God so in 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 me recalling you to the question what do you consider to be the highest priority of your life all right 
uh, uh, and if you looked at the primer on, on this weekend, on this week that was sent to us on Wednesday, uh, the social media platform Yahoo Answers, uh, they, they, they question, the question was asked, why are priorities important? All right, the top voted answer was provided was simply, a priority is something that is important, right? We all have priorities in, in our life, right? There are some things we treat as most important. Now, I believe there are some honest Christian folk in here this morning. And if you're honest with yourself right now, uh, how many of you say that, that seeking first the kingdom of God is your highest priority? All right. Amen. So, and if you decide to just now put that on your lips, you need to ask yourself this question right here. Are you treating the most important thing with the most importance? Are you treating the most important thing with the most importance? All right. Uh, and then there was a magazine, Success Magazine. They published an article and on the three mistakes people make when setting priorities. Number one, they don't think about it. Number two, they make it too complicated. And number three, they don't live their priorities. Right? Seeking first the kingdom of God is, is a pretty simple priority, right? But it's difficult to live out this priority. It's difficult to live out this priority. Do you say that God is your top priority? The very object that your world revolves around and not live like this is true? Right? You know we worry. We worry. We do, right? We worry. And sometimes we worry too much. Let me just drop this in while we're here. Worrying is a sin. It's sinful to worry. Let me drop that off. And I believe it right there. Jesus knew the worries of the people. And he thought it so important enough that he taught, uh, he, he repeated himself several times. At verse number 25, he stated, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Verse 27, he posed the question, which of you, by worrying, can add one, one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, he posed the question, why do you worry about clothing? Verse number 31, he says, therefore, again, don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. And again, in verse number 34, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. We worry entirely too much. Worrying is sinful. Earlier, I also, also asked you the question, what is God's plan for my selflessness? What is God's plan for my selflessness? Let, remember, let me remind you that God does not need us for anything. God don't need us for anything. He doesn't. He values us enough to want a relationship with us. He desires to be our God. He desires to be our priority. He desires us to seek him in our time of need. But we're too busy trying to help ourselves. We're too busy, ladies and gentlemen. We're looking for God's approval in the midst of us trying to help ourselves. God never claimed to be a God who helps those who help themselves. He realized back in the garden when Adam was alone and he was working in the garden, he said, it is not good for this man to be alone. Let me make him some help. God said, Adam, don't worry. I have a plan to provide some help for you. Look at the children of Israel. They needed some help so many times. They pounded themselves in the mud so many times. Right here in the book of Judges, as you studied in your, 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 your class, your Sunday school class, the children of Israel, they needed help so many times, right? They needed God's help so many times. Time after time, again, they thought they could do it on their own. They thought they can, can make it on their own. They found out each and every time. They needed God. They needed God. They needed God. And, 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 and even in this passage, Jesus says, don't worry about the things concerning your life, what you will eat, what you will drink. Know about your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? There's more to life. And worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear for tomorrow. Jesus here is not advocating that you, that you don't plan for things, right? He's just advocating don't worry about it, right? Don't, don't worry your pretty little minds about that stuff. There's more to life than that. So he says, look at the birds in the air. 
birds don't worry about nothing, do they? They just fly, they just soar, they land where they want to land. You know, they go to the bathroom where they want to go to the bathroom. Most times, for some reason, they feel like they have to do it on people's cars. Nevertheless, they're free, right? They don't worry about anything, right? And Jesus says, yet your heavenly father feeds them. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet the heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? Don't you think God loves you more than he loves the birds? Don't you think God's care for you more than he cares for these birds? So it says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? You can't prolong your life by worrying. Worrying does nothing positive for you. He says, look at the birds. You're more valuable to the father than the birds. But the birds need to soar, no, no weep nor gathering the barns. barns. They don't worry about the thing. You can't add anything positive to your life through worrying. It only brings negative. Then Jesus says, even consider the lilies of the field. How is it that you think they grow? Listen, you don't have to, to, to put your shoulder to the wheel for God to provide you the things that he already know that you need. As a matter of fact, God would much rather we get out of his way and let him get to that will himself. The problem is we're too busy. We're trying so hard to get our own wagon out the mud and God is standing by watching us look like a fool. He's saying, hey, you, I'm here. Don't worry about being stuck in the mud because I can get you out the mud. Stop thinking that it's important for you to get yourself out the mud. It's not. It's not important. What is important is that you take yourself out of the way, focus on me, right? What you should have done in the first place when you found out that you were stuck in the mud, you should have sought after me first because I can help you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These things will be added unto you. We got to be seeking first the kingdom of God. We got to stop trying to do stuff for ourselves. God helps those who help themselves. God knew we needed help a long time ago. God didn't require you to do anything for him to be able to help you. That will make God a conditional God. That will make God a conditional God. He didn't place no condition on his love for us. I believe it was Paul who uttered the words uh, in, the, in the book of Romans, chapter number five. Verse number six, I believe Paul says, for while we were still helpless, right? Christ died at the right time. Christ died for the ungodly. Is that what your Bible says? I believe I'm quoting for the, for the Christian standard Bible. He says for it in the, in the New King James Version, he said, for when we were still without strength. Romans chapter five, verse six through eight. The Bible says, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even die. Alright? But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. He knew we were going to need help a long time ago. Long time ago. We got to take ourselves out the picture. We got to stop thinking that we need to help ourselves. We got to stop thinking that God wants us to do something in order for him to do something for us. God don't need you to do nothing for him in order for him to do something for us. All the thing God needs you to do is get out of the way. Be still and know that I am God. And, and, and let me help those of you who are of little faith. Because we do have some people who are of little faith. We do have some people who can't step out on faith. We do have some people who do not take Jesus at his word. We do have some people who don't believe God when he says, be still and know that I am God. We do have some people who, who, who don't have the kind of faith of a mustard seed. God knows what you need. God knows exactly how to supply you with what you need. He's a God not consumed by time. So while we're waiting for our breakthrough, whatever it may be, God has already given you that victory. You waiting. He ain't waiting for it. He don't need you to do anything. God said, be still and know that I 
am God. We have some people who are of little faith in here this morning. People we know are of little faith. Things can shake us. Things can, can, can people, people, anything can happen that can rock people's faith, people's belief. People are of little faith. God says, I can take care of the birds. I can take care of the lilies. Even Solomon in all his glory. Solomon was a man who, 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 who was, 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 was one that wore robes of many colors, right? Solomon had this, was this colorful robe, and, and, and he was just special, downright special, King Solomon. Solomon was not even arrayed like one of these. So God says, Jesus says, if God so closed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. Don't be of little faith. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Don't be a little faith. Believe God 100%. Take God at his word. God is more than able. He's more than willing. Right now, he's ready to help you right now. If you need help, all you got to do is seek him. All you got to do is seek him. The Bible says, verse number 31, Therefore, Jesus again uttered the words, Don't worry, saying, What we shall eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He's already made a way. He's already provided for you. And, 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 and for those of you who are still waiting for your breakthrough, seeking first the kingdom of God is all that you need to do. All right? God has so much he can do with your selflessness. For in the middle of the time of your selflessness, by seeking first the kingdom of God, it'll be right in the middle of that selflessness when your breakthrough happens. Right in the middle of that selflessness. Right in the middle of you while you're seeking first the kingdom of God and letting everything else worry about itself. While you are concerned with your soul, while you are concerned with your spiritual relationship with God Almighty, while you are concerned with kingdom business, God is taking care of everything else. And right in the middle of that, you won't know where it happened, how fast it happened, what happened, who it happened with. Your breakthrough will come. All you got to do is take yourself out the way. Put kingdom business first. Put kingdom business first. If you said that, 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 that kingdom business is your highest priority, seeking first the kingdom of God is your highest priority, ask yourself the question, are you treating it with the most highest importance? If you're not treating it with the most highest importance, it's time right now. You have an opportunity to do that right now. Right now. We got to make up in our minds right now. We're going to change that starting right now. Not today, but right now. Because we we're not promised the rest of this day. We're promised now. You are given now. So make up in your mind right now that we are going to start treating the, the most important things with the most importance. And that being seeking first the kingdom of God. By now, you get the point of this message. You get the point of this message. The Bible does not teach that God helps those who help themselves. Now, do we all have a consensus of that we're on the same page? We know the Bible does not teach us. If not, we can talk later. Amen. The Bible does not teach that God helps those who help themselves. And in this passage, Jesus is calling for us to seek after the kingdom of God first, not ourselves. If we do, Everything else will fall in place. Everything else will fall in place. Everything else will fall in place. I told you earlier, Jesus knew that we, God knew that we were going to need help a long time ago. He had a plan, and his plan was, was, was sent in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was God's only beloved son. God gave us his only begotten son. He came to the earth. He died a cruel death that only you and I deserve. Over the past seven weeks, we, we've heard a lot about the death of Jesus Christ. We've gotten a chance to truly experience the death, uh, Jesus' journey to the cross. We got a chance to truly experience that. So we are very familiar with what happened. We're very familiar with what he did for us on our behalf. He did all of that so you and I can have a special relationship with the Father. He did all of that so that you don't have to worry about anything else. Jesus did all of that. So one day you and I can go to heaven to be with him. We don't have to worry about this world. When we get to heaven, think about this. 
You ain't got to worry about working no more. You ain't got to concern yourself with no bills. You ain't got to concern yourself about how bad your back hurt, your ankles hurt, your joints hurt, you know, arthritis hits us. You ain't got to worry about this thing we call cancer. You ain't got to worry about no disease. You ain't got to worry about what you're going to wear. You ain't got to worry about going to get your hair cut. You ain't got to worry about going to get your hair due, ladies. You ain't got to worry about that stuff. You ain't got to worry about what you're going to feed your kids the next day. You ain't got to worry about going to school. You ain't got to worry about none of that. No worries. Don't worry about it now. Practice that now. Don't worry about those things now. God has already provided. God knows you need those things. In verse number 34, he says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry on its own. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Worry about kingdom business first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You heard the message on this morning. Uh, you heard the message on this morning. Again, we have to make up in our minds that right now we're going to start and we're going to make that change. We're going to start treating kingdom business with the highest priorities. We're going to start living that. and We're going to start believing that even more. Amen. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Let's together stand as we sing the song of invitation. All to Jesus I surrender all to him my freely you know that I, I will never love and trust him in his presence daily